You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up the king's coast coffee welcome to episode 46 of the old-fashioned podcast we're on video again today because i am joined by my buddy longtime friend Long time. I feel like I've known you for more than 20 years at this point. I feel like I've known you my whole life. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've known you since I was 17, so... What, how, I'm like a year on you, right? We're, you're 41? Yeah. I'm 40. Yeah, so, so I... So you were 18, I was seven, Yeah, so more than yeah. 20 years. And I think I even heard about you before <laughs> I met you through your wife. <laughs> like, oh, you're all the old New York friends, you know? I was like, yes. oh, this guy. The old New <laughs> yeah. York friend. Yeah. So... Grant and I have known each other for years. Grant is the bassist in the in the band Under Oath, longtime friend, video game friend, hockey buddy. Uh, uh, he's probably the only person in Florida that I can actually like, talk hockey with and go to uh, hat tricks and hang out with. But you're busy, I'm busy, so we don't get to do it as often. Yeah, we all have families. Now. I went, uh, by the way, uh, uh, when they played the Islanders like three weeks ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I went and... Uh, we sat. We happened to sit next to the loudest Long Island Islanders fans that flew down for the game. Was it? Is it still like a? I haven't been to a game. Like, well, I've been privileged to go to like club seats a lot and like mm-hmm. suites lately. When I do go, which is not that frequently, but I haven't done a lot of like uh, the Northeastern teams. Mm-hmm. Is it still like a 50-50 almost in the no, fans? No, there was more Bolts fans this okay. time than than ever, but the Islander fans were there. I noticed this time the Bolts fans were actually more rowdy than the Islander fans. Really? Yeah, because they were... Uh, who, was, who was winning? That's the question. Oh, the Bolts were kicking their ass. Okay. Uh, but the guys, like, three rows back was like, 1985, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> And he was like, more like Suck Island and stuff like that. And I'm just cracking up because I love that stuff. Holding on but to the, the woman next to me was like, fire. She's like, you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, what part of Long Island are you from? She's like, oh, yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> just know these things. So. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've built a decent fan base. Obviously, two cups helps. Slightly. A lot of bandwagon guys, but, you know, you take what you can get down here. I'd rather take bandwagon fans than having, like, overwhelmingly other teams' fans coming for vacations down here. Yeah, that still happens with the Bucks. Yeah. When I go see the Bucks play the Giants, it's, it's just all 50-50. Yeah. If not, I've seen when I've gone when it's like sixty forty in favor of the Giants. It's always funny because you would go to the Lightning games when they played the Rangers or Flyers or Islanders, whatever, and we would lose. This is back before we were good, and we would lose, and it would still be somehow like two drunk Flyers fans fighting each other. Oh yeah, at a Lightning oh, game that they're winning. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flyers, come on. Yeah, I once went to. Uh, well, actually, before we continue that. KingsCoastCoffee.com. All the holiday stuff is is out. Go grab some uh, uh, now because that cocoa is very limited. Uh, we do not have a ton left, but holiday blend. Twelve days of King's Coast coming up. King's Coast Coffee. Dot 
come and guess what if you are a subscriber in the king's club you get information before everyone else so you may want to do that especially before the 12 days of king's coast so kingscoastcoffee.com for all your holiday needs i once went to citizens bank park the baseball stadium for philly mm-hmm. yeah to see the mets play i brought audrey my oldest when she was like four-ish yeah and uh, uh, they were calling me the C-word in front of my four-year-old daughter. Wow. After I drove two and a half hours to go see the Mets play. At a day game on a Thursday. <laughs> nice. Meaning nobody was there because baseball. And they still were shouting at me. Gotta let you know. Philly. Only only city where I've ever been booed on stage because I was wearing like a Stamkos, just like a jersey shirt <laughs> playing. I wasn't even like... I don't have a mic on stage. I'm not saying anything. Right. I'm just wearing a shirt. I'm just getting chance of go flyers and fuck lightning. Like, I'm like, you paid to come see us. So these are the same people that booed Santa Claus. Don't forget that. <laughs> and they have a holding cell in the basement of Lincoln Financial Field. Did you know that? No. Okay. So there's a holding cell I mean, the, in the basement. Sense, yeah. And there's a judge working on Sundays during the game. Jeez. That's how crazy Philly is. Brotherly love. Yeah, man. <laughs> Philly, but it's funny because you go you go to Philly. I have so many friends from Philly from the band days. Uh, you know a bunch yeah, yeah. of them. I'm really Justin Krause and that whole crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you go to Philly and there's all these wonderful people, and then you go to a sports game in Philly. Oh, yeah, I like I, me without you. Like the nicest guys I've oh ever met. They're just like, oh yeah, from Philly. Didn't they? They had their last tour, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but even like those guys were like super big, like. Sports, some couple more. Like Mike was a big sports fan, like the most passive dudes ever. I'm like, you're from Philly? Are you? Wasn't sure? there a drummer a big sports guy too? Ricky? Uh, I think I think Eagles. Not I think Eagles. I remember talking but, sports with somebody in their the band. guitar player. Yeah, Mike. Was, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Grant and I have known each other for years. Um, I remember your old, 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 old band. <laughs> we were actually talking about that the other day um, under oath, guys, because. Uh, I joined Under Oath. I left that band. James I, did too, though, didn't he? They had kind of... Well, I basically started the band, wrote all the songs, and then a spot opened up Under Oath, and I tried out for it and got the gig. And obviously, Under Oath was going places. This band was not. I mean, it was new. But either way, you know. Also, and, and, uh, was in that band, so... And the band was called uh, <laughs> was it? Becoming in Thesis. And Wait, when was it Love Lies Bleeding? It was after me. Oh, you weren't in Love Life. No, no, that okay. changed over to a different name. So I remember Aaron always tells this story, the old singer, Ian. <laughs> ah, Ian, Ian. Should we, yeah, we're going to tell them. Ian is my wife's ex-boyfriend, so continue. Yes. Uh, he was in a car with Aaron at some point, and Aaron was like, just being friendly, like, so what does becoming in thesis mean? And Ian looks at him and goes, it's about being like the next big band in Tampa until Under Oath comes and steals your guitar player. And that was his answer. And Aaron's like, all right, well, you can go fuck yourself. Cool. On brand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so um, you, you you started there. I remember when you joined. I was so happy for you. Uh, and then I saw you more because you were coming to New York. Yeah. And I'd see you on tour. Um, <clears throat> the downtown, local seven. The downtown. All the hot spots. Oh, my gosh. You're bringing me back. Now. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, that's. I also got to meet, like, well, actually, I had known Chris before that from the, the black metal, death metal days. Yeah. Um, so I knew Chris pretty well and, and you. And then um, over time, you your first album was They're, Chasing, They're Only Chasing Safety, right? Yeah, I joined right. Like, I joined after 
Genia Times recorded before it was released. So I was like in that spot where I basically had to go support an album that I wasn't, whatever, was, you know, for like two years we were on that album. So first album I was on was Chasing Safety, yeah. Yeah, because the Changing of Times, I remember, was the roulette of bassists from various other bands that I knew. Yeah, that was an interesting time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then uh, Spencer joined for the early Chasing Safety. Mm-hmm. James as well in James that time as well, too. And you, so. there was a there was a lot of switching going around that whole like two years. Because Tim was on Changing of Times, right? Yeah, Tim was there. Um, Aaron and Chris. Aaron and Chris were there, and then you, James, and Spencer. Yeah. Too. Okay, so that's what. But that's when everything catapulted. You guys blew blew up. Yeah, uh, chasing safety for sure. I mean, it, it. I think it was honestly, it was just right time, right place kind of thing. That whole scene was like blowing up and kind of like invading the warp tour scene. Yep. And I remember, you know, we got on warp tour and like it just, you know, and blew up is a relative word, obviously, but yeah, it's like for what we, my expectations of being in a band or doing anything ever, it like highly exceeded exceeded everything so yeah well warp, warp tour and mtv starting to play more of the music that we were into at the time yes. was probably the big two factors yeah i remember going to warp tour thanks internet <laughs> oh yeah the internet yeah too. That, that helped out a lot downloading songs from mp3.com mm-hmm. and playing them in winamp yeah uh but um the i remember going to warp tour oh, god i don't even know what year it was it was early 2000s it was like MXPX, No Effects. Um, I can't even tell you a lot of the other bands like Yeah, uh, Mustard Plug and that whole punk ska was the big thing. And then it felt like right after that was when metal and and some of the harder stuff started to come into Warp Tour. And you had like you guys, uh, Hawthorne Heights. Uh, I'm trying to think of other bands. Or Glassjaw started to come onto that. Scene. Yeah, it was Poison the Well, Thursday, Thrice, all those. I am such a nerd. I didn't even know what Warp... I think I may have heard of Warp Tour, but I had never been or even, like, really knew anything about it until we played it. Right. And I remember, like, going to it. Like, we played, like, two dates, uh, changing of times. And obviously, like, we played on, like, you know, a truck bed to, like, maybe 50 people if we were mm-hmm. lucky. But I remember walking around and, like, seeing, I think, like... I think Glassjaw was, like, a main stage there and, like, Poison the Well and starting line there was a whole drive through record stage oh my gosh yeah and i was just like these bands are the biggest bands in the world town and that whole yeah yeah homegrown wow. you just took me back Woo, yeah drive through because then drive through and the other big label on in that genre was fueled by ramen yeah they mm-hmm. were the two mm-hmm. like big i don't know what you'd call that anymore everything's they just shove everything into the word emo now and it makes me insane yeah well i mean full circle if you want to talk the cruise i just did which is like Emo, which is the headliners are Us, Dashboard, and Newfound Glory, which are not any of the same artists at all or style. But do you remember when we were coming up, Emo, it was like Braid, Sunny Day Real Estate, Mineral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now it's like My Chemical Romance, Emo. I'm like, no, it's not, you petulant child. (laughs) Machine Gun Kelly. Like, what? What? It was an Emo Girl song, I think, or something like that. I don't know. Oh, my God. I think it's just a very loose term for, like, alternative now. Yeah, I guess I guess because alternatives relegated to the '90s. Yeah, so I guess it's the post '90s, early 2000s. The Gen X or Gen Z? What are we on? I don't know. They have changed the classification of what you and I are so many times. Like we were millennials at one point. I think we are millennials. I think I think yeah. I think it's '80 is millennial. So then 
So we're millennials. But we were Gen X. We're not Gen X anymore. No, we, we de- degraded. Were we like we Gen Y or something? I don't remember. What's, what does Boomer start? Where does that go? I mean, we're the next generation of Boomers, and we're already doing old people's. Like you were saying, like, I need to do, before we recorded, we were talking about Halloween with the kids. And um, yeah. Grant was like, I need to be buzzed when I do Halloween. And I was like, me too. Yeah. I had the high noon in my hand and the high noon in the back pocket. And take my margarita and my multivitamin, mix them together, <laughs> and get through Halloween. Oh, you you know you're old because like back in the day, me and him, we'd go get drinks, we'd hang out. Like if you played Long Island or New York City or something. And now we're sitting here and talking about doing Halloween with our kids and what vitamins we take. Yes. Oh yeah. So you know you've reached a, a certain point in your life when when you're doing that. So chasing safety, warp tour, and then how did things? I I just remember. The first time I was like, "Oh my god, I know those guys, and they're on MTV right now." Can I can I pivot for one second? Pivot away. We're talking about being old. I mm-hmm. want to just embarrass myself here. By all means, I do. So my daughter's stepdaughter seven, and uh, you know she has she wears Vans. She wants to you know be alternative or whatever, and she can't tie the laces good. Or mm-hmm. like they're like the Vans always come with like super long laces. Yeah. So I went online and I found those like fake ones. Mm-hmm. Like the rubber things, and definitely bought a pair for myself and ah. use them. And now I'm like Mr. Comfort Guy. Whatever is convenient and comfortable, that's what I want in my life. See, I just do slip ons like that, yeah. or I uh, tie them once and that's it. I will never tie them again. They've been tied. They're like just these, knotted. I think I tied them about a year and a half ago, and now it's just whoop on and go. Yeah, and we're we're good to go. Yeah, no, that that's that's yeah. The saga of getting old is. Uh, I'm not trying to bend over and tie my shoes, all right? Why would you do that? I, I can't, really. So. Even during bath time with the kids, like you have to get the perfect angle. Your back really starts to hurt. Oh, yeah. And then if they're fighting you with washing up, it's like you're at this angle, and you're like, God, that hurts. So, yeah, I, I feel you, dude. We, I feel you. We're old. We're bad, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, go back to what you're saying. Well, no, I, I look, I, the other day I was thinking, I was like, my God, I'm closer to 50 than I am to 20. This is... Uh, which will play into a question I have for you later. But um, things are blowing up. Um, what was the moment where you were like, this is my career? I was in Hartford, Connecticut. I was dating some girl. I don't remember. And I went to see her. We went to a show at this place called Toad's Place. It was like a dive bar. We played there before. I've been there. Oh, Nice. We're at a show there, and I got a text from our manager that said Chasing Safety had hit 100,000 records. And that was the, for me, like, there's different moments on that whole summer, but that was the moment where I was like, holy crap. Like, you know, 100,000 was like a number that, like, because Chaining of Time sold, it sold like maybe, and it's before chasing safety it sold maybe 30,000 maybe mm-hmm. and I remember because we would get back then we get the sound scan numbers every week from the label and be like oh what, what's... sound scan numbers yeah oh yeah <laughs> from the AR and we're like what do we do oh we sold 200 copies this week you know and then Wait, like remember the sheets for merch oh yeah sound scan oh stuff? yeah those it's... were so annoying yeah anyway sorry continue no, I just had to commiserate with you there yeah. um but I remember getting that message and then like you know at that time like chasing safety just for relevance like Chasing Safety was selling like four to five to six thousand copies a week, so it was just like it, it was like surreal. Yeah, and there's different moments like when Define came, Define the Great Line came out, and we were on Billboard like number two or whatever. Like I remember being on work tour, being the phone call then, and just being like, "What?" Like they're like, "Oh, you're gonna do you know almost a hundred thousand in the first week," and it was like, 
And you, yeah, and you were freaking out about 100,000. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that album leaked, too. So we were just like, the whole thing was like, is this going to do anything? Like, are, are we screwed? And then, like, it somehow worked and did better because of it. So the whole thing is just like, there's just, you have moments, you know, like anyone in your in your journey where you're just like, that was like core memory where I just like, I, I you know, you really felt it here, 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 you know. What's the, uh, what's the best show? Like the one that sticks out in your mind. Gosh. The one that's... I hate these questions. <laughs> I know, but I have to ask them. Uh, there... Best show. Um, let's see. One of my favorite shows was on that summer on Warp Tour. We played Atlanta. And we played, and it was like towards the end of the tour. So we had been like, the record had been out. And like the shows were getting better and better and better. And like we were like feeling more solidified in who we were and we played this like pavilion like pre-made stage for the smart punk stage in uh, atlanta and it was a wood like pre-made like barricade and like the diy cornerstone like you stages like you put in front of your uh, i'm not even trying to like literally like someone made it for a house like you know what i'm saying it was like literally just like a wood fence basically and I don't know how old it was or whatever, but, uh, you know, we start getting ready to step and somehow there's like, you know, there's like probably a couple thousand people there waiting. And within like two songs, the whole thing had broken, like the, the, the barricade was just broken apart because it's wood and it was crap. And, you know, security came over and they start freaking out. And then like the head of warp Tour, like uh, security came over and they're turning off our amps to tell us to stop and we keep turning them back on it was this like on stage fight and then we got like sent to kevin lyman who runs it and like told we were like could be arrested for inciting a riot and all kevin this kevin said that to you that's what we were told maybe by security i don't know if it was kevin or not i don't want to put that on him but i remember like that was a thing and it was like but at that point we were just like dumb yeah and not dumb just fearless, young. I guess. Yeah, yeah, young yeah. And fearless, and you were on top of the world. I mean, we, we played shows in like the same mentality where we'd play shows with like, I remember playing with the U's in arenas, and they have the general seating and they have the floor seating, and we would just tell people jump. They can't all stop you. Jump down, which you're supporting. You should never say that if you're not the headline. Especially, you should never say that period. But if you're not the headliner, like, right, you're gonna get a lot of shit down. for it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that was that was probably one show. That was the first show where I was like. It felt just cha- like chaos, and it was cool. A good and chaos. I, I loved it. Oh yeah. yeah, it was all about it. Yeah, no, that that. Uh, I mean, I I was there for uh, the the tour when you guys were gonna break up mm-hmm. before you got back together for the JK. Uh, I was gonna wear the shirt, but Danielle's like, no, you're just gonna look like a fanboy if you wear that shirt. No one's gonna get the joke, the relationship that you and I have that I'm taunting you. Um, but. Uh, that show was wild. That was probably the, my favorite time seeing you guys. Because I think there was a bit of emotion because there was the potential that this is the last time we're playing New York City. Because it yeah. was at Irving Plaza, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, and you got me up at the balcony, thank God, and so I didn't have to mosh with the plebs. I could just hang out with my drink. The old there. folks up there. Uh, yeah, it's like a geriatric <laughs> retirement home on the balcony. <laughs> I, well, I, when, I, when, I, uh, when Blink tickets hit, I was like, man, I'm just going to go to... Are friends of the lightning and that's how i'm gonna to go to this blink thing because yeah i'm not buying tickets so when i was talking to them, i was like could i get like a 
balcony, situ- like somewhere away from the floor situation. They're like, well, yeah, we can hook you up. No cushion problem. seat somewhere. That's all I want. Yeah, I'd like to sit during this performance <laughs> if possible. <laughs> but I would love to see Blink. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was my favorite show of you all. Uh, and just the energy was good. And, and I remember everyone just singing along. And I'm sure it was like that that entire tour. It was. It was. I remember playing the last the Jana show when like the breakup show or yeah, you want to call it hiatus at this point. Did you have two Janice shows on that tour? I think just one. I, maybe I can't remember. I think just one. Um, I just remember it being the last the last the, whatever the last one was. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm just like suppressed, but like I wasn't. I don't get like like there was guys like crying and like hugging, yeah, yeah. and I was just like. All right, I'm gonna go go to work now. Do my job, and yeah. you know, I don't think it sunk in. Honestly, I think that was the thing. You know, I was just like, I'm gonna go play this show, and then I'm gonna go play hockey tomorrow because I'm back home now. Right. And, and then, like two months later, you're like, oh, I'm not going back out. Like right. this isn't happening. I have to find a job. Yeah. You know? And you, I remember you, you had a job, and we, I think that was right when, like, around when I had moved down. Yeah. No, I had moved down a little bit before your comeback show. Yeah, you were already down. One. Yeah. Well, I had just moved, though, like a few months prior. Before our come, like when we got back together? When you played a Crowbar, when no in one knew the secret 16, show? 2016. Yeah, because I moved December of 15. Okay. So it was right before... Were you, was it that late you moved down? Yeah. Okay. I started talking about it in August. Because 13 was like the the breakup or whatever. Right, and I, I, I had been there for a few years at that point. I remember because I had seen um, the Glassjaw Midnight Show, like... And your show were like the two big Irving Plaza shows I went to when I was married. Yeah, yeah. Um, which that clashed on Midnight Show. I don't know what audience they thought they were playing to, but a bunch of people in their early and mid thirties did not want to be at a show at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I I remember that for you going back, you know, going to work, doing that. How how did you? How did it make you feel like, okay, it's over, I'm just adjusting to civilian life? And then you met Sam after you got back together. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, I was dating a girl throughout the whole time I was not, like, the, yeah. the band broke up. Um, it was honestly, like, kind of terrifying for a while. First of all, I felt like I was, like, typical, like, almost, like, pro-athlete story where, like, yeah, the band was doing so well, and then kind of it it. I wouldn't say it nosedived quick, but it definitely like stalled out pretty quick, like over a few years. And so, just being like a single guy, not having really any responsibility, like you know, I lived my life however I wanted to live it, and then I realized right. the money stopped coming in like it was, and it was like, but I was trying to make it in like script writing. Like I was doing I that really hard, yeah, yeah, things. and we had like written a couple pilots. I was like gonna move to L.A. at one point. Gross. And eh, that's what I, it's <laughs> funny. I, I, my wife Sam. I always, I said on the first date, the first date we were had was like, yeah, um, I'm probably gonna be moving to L.A. in like a, a month or two or something like that. And she always gives me shit for it. She's like, how oh, L.A. Huh? Are you gonna go there still? I'm like, <laughs> um, but that like you know, I put all my like all my eggs in that basket and trying to make that work. And like, obviously that's not a thing where it just happens. Right. So I was basically like running out of money and 
just getting stressed on that end of things. And a couple of the other guys, like Aaron had side projects and he was working at that church, if I remember correctly. Well, Aaron wasn't even the band. He quit like an Oh, 09. yeah, because Daniel did the last tour with you, right? Yeah, he had the last record. Like he, Aaron quit in like 09. He was out until 16. Like he was out for almost. And he was doing the church thing and he was doing. An almost. His yeah, almost, yeah. side project. And then James had a business on the side. James was doing uh, merch line stuff, uh, the merch company. This was prior to his current business. Yeah, um, and he was going to school. Like James is James is the guy that you're just like, oh, he's like the whatever guy, and he's like just crushing it behind closed doors. Like he just he just uh, his seat was not CPA, it's something else for his accounting. Like he's got his masters, he's got all that stuff now. I'm just like. And he's just doing it on tour, yeah. you know? And you're just like, oh, why don't we see James? Oh, because he's just getting he's degrees. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Tim had side stuff he was working on as well at the Tim, time. Tim was managing for a while. He was managing a couple of rappers. He, then he started King State, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer was did Sleepwave. He did, like, solo stuff. Chris was... Chris was kind of... He was doing IT stuff for a long time. Um, now he does, like... Uh, composes for like film and stuff like that mm-hmm. which is awesome so i was the guy that was just like i'm gonna do this new field that i have no experience in it's another creative field and i can be good at it and you know i i, I truly enjoyed the process of doing it but when it got to a breaking point where i needed actual money to survive i was like i gotta get a job so uh that's what i did and i worked at that uh symphonic distribution for a couple years good people what was the conversation I'm sure Tim was the one that approached you, right? About because uh, you guys were still friends, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what was the what was the conversation that was like? Hey, we, I think we want to do this again because that was about three. It was a three year break, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, I was like after a year, like, can we do this again? Like, oh, so I was, poking. I was ready. Like, of course, I never wanted to break up. You was know? there ever a moment where you were shopping yourself to other bands? No, because I think that you either get super lucky and find a band that's already established in that level. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely not at the point where I want to go join a band, like in a van and like try and make it again. Yeah. Um, so no, but there was, there was rough conversations probably like a year prior and it was like, okay, well like dudes are doing this and this, are you interested? And then it was like, okay, well if we're going to do something maybe like next year when the al- this album's, this many years old we can come back that way and stuff and so it was probably like a year of conversations to what really like turned into something real and then um i remember you told me you told me because uh i hadn't moved yet but you told me like hey we're yeah new album we're getting back together yeah um and uh i was stoked and then i moved and we were hanging out and you showed me the new album mm-hmm and I was like, "Oh man, this is this is really good. This is a very angry version of Under Oath that I haven't heard in a while." Yeah. Um, and then I actually used the song mm-hmm. uh, as my intro for streaming for many, many years. Yeah, thank you for that. Oh yeah, no, my my, I would get people all the time like, "What band is this? What band is this?" Yeah, yeah. It's Under Oath, and then people would be like, "Kevin's friends with the guys in Under Oath." <laughs> <laughs> like but um, yeah, I used the song. That comeback show, though, because it was a secret. It was only like 500 people, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was kind of just a, like a warm-up to like, for us, we hadn't played a show in three or four years. And it was like, what can we do 
you know, where it'll be fun and kind of old. Like you have to worry about like production and security, all that stuff. We just go out to play our stuff. It's crowbar. Nobody cares. Exactly. You know, <laughs> crowbar. For those that don't know, it's an Ebor in downtown Tampa. It's a very small venue. It's a little like dive, said, dive bar. Dive bar. Five hundred people max situation. I don't even think four hundred is like. 400 tops yeah yeah it, and it's very old school and that was the vibe that's what i enjoyed it felt like you yeah. know it was 2001 again and it was a place where we could literally just wait till the day before put it on sale like, and, hey, it, and it was you know enough people were coming to the i think we played janice the next night there mm-hmm. like the real tampa of st p venue and so enough people were already kind of coming to that from different areas that were like the tickets went super quick and it was fun that show, that show is definitely like a, a memory for sure. Oh, that was, that was, I have pictures on my phone. I got videos. I remember because we were, went with Seth and Faith. Yeah. Because I think they were still living here. Or that was when they had come back. From Minneapolis? Yeah, before they went yeah. back to Minneapolis. But I remember because then the, one of the pylons towards the end, Seth was looking at me and I'm looking at him. I'm like, I'm not doing it. You can do it if you want. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> uh, but I will go like this in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to go at least no, three fingers? What's hardcore? Two, two, three. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. It was that was that was a good night. Um, after that, things moving. You know, you have two albums under your belt now since coming back. Yeah. Um, has it felt normal again? This year was the first year it felt normal. I mean, obviously, COVID. I was going to ask you about. COVID. It was surreal coming back because we did the whole rebirth. We did the old albums, and it was like overwhelmingly successful. Like it was just you know again like the right move to put to play those albums and fool that everyone loved. It almost blew up your head too big. We were like, oh, we're like better than ever now, you know? And, and I think to a degree, like we've stabilized on that stuff, but like then COVID hit and, you know, nobody did anything. Um, we did Erase Me, which was like a different record, so, you know, vibe wise, the one you used for the song. Like it was definitely a little bit more commercial, which was cool. You know, we, you know, kind of, kind of felt out a different area of of uh of the musical world like you know we got to do like the corn tour with Allison Chains that we would never probably do before mm-hmm. um had some radio like success and stuff and uh now it's like you know we put up the, the last voyeurist and it's it's a little it's a definitely more i think under oath record like traditional or just kind of a mix, a happy mix of everything maybe if yeah, you will. Yeah, I would say it's a happy mix of everything. I think it's definitely more on the artistic side than erase me was um but you know and now we're you know we're playing festivals doing tours and stuff on a consistent basis so it feels like it feels the most normal it can feel for being in a post hard whatever whatever genre you want to call it heavy rock <laughs> band at over 40 are you hitting the younger demographic that's into metal right now like when you go to shows are they the ones singing along to the new stuff and whatnot or does it feel like older I think it, folks i think it's a weird i think it's still older you know, it's sometimes you'll have like like parents come out with their high school kids that they got into the band or something like that, or like you have a lot of people like, oh, my older brother listened to you guys. Yeah, my, my older brother loved you guys, and I've now can see you, now I can see you. Yeah, and then there's some younger, but I don't think that we're hitting it. Like, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you follow me on Instagram. I'm not a social media savant or anything like that. Right. Nobody in my band is. Like, you know, we're, you know, it's it's the point where if we're gonna go that route, you have to hire someone, right? Because we just don't either have the time or the know-how or the care really as bad as that may sound um so i think when you're like you know let's what's what's like a like the younger hotter big bands like the like the bear tooth and like 
Pierce the Veil and Bring Me the Horizon. They remember like all those bands. Like there's an element of being like probably ten years younger than this. They just have you know right. they attach those audiences. Um, so I think we're kind of on that borderline of being like you know we get we get called sometimes like a legacy band at this stage, which is a weird thing to hear. But you know it's like also like okay that's cool. Um, we want to obviously make newer younger fans, but it's you know there's it's just it seems like there's the market is way more diluted and there's so much out there and we are not as equipped to reach out to them like again like i feel like we got lucky right the way we got we were never trying to make it as a big radio band or anything like that no, we just I remember. Yeah. fell into it, it happened so like obviously that's only gonna last so long so now it's like are you going to at 41, like try and grind out to make that happen again or get back to that? Like, how do you, how, do, how would you look at me and be like, Hey, how do you make yourself cool to a 16 year old at 41? <laughs> You're like, we're just going to do what we do. And hopefully it works out. And like, I'm not going to like start wearing like neon tie dye shirts or anything like that, you know, or have you been called classic rock yet? Not yet. Not, <laughs> not classic yet. I, you know, you look at, like I, I get, I'm just gonna use the term rock music because it just works in this. What I'm about to say, but uh, you look at rock music, you look at bands. You know, the most prominent example would be like the Rolling Stones. For how many years they've sure done this? I personally feel like you're gonna see more of that with bands from this generation that play into their 60s still and whatnot. Are you? Do you feel the same way? Like that's probably the future in smaller venues, not selling out Ray J. But. Sure, yeah, yeah. I don't think that that's. I mean, I think that's kind of a lost. I don't want to say lost, but I mean, at this stage, like the the rock star thing is kind of like the rock stars now are the Taylor Swifts and like things like that. And, yeah, and you know, um, rap and stuff. Like I don't think it's rock so much anymore. I think that you're right. I think you can. I think that the bands that have come this far. Just like, keep going. We'll keep going yeah. if they if they feel it, you know, viable. You know, like that's the big thing is like, if people keep showing up, it doesn't happen. Like, n- we're not like, put it this way, like, we're not going out there and being like, checking our numbers and being like, oh, we didn't sell out this club or we, right, you know, we're we're done, we're washed up. It's like, okay, we just do what we do now, right? And you know, if it's if it makes sense financially and time away from your family and it makes it worth the time and you're still having fun doing it, then yeah. But it's not like we've got to the point where it's not like just our main job. It's a part of who we are. It's not who we, it's not who we are. It's part of who are, who we are. So it's like, it could last forever. I mean, I don't know if my body can take it, but well, you're all, you're all married. You all have, have kids at this point. So, yes. you know, the responsibility of being on the road 10 months a year, like you used to, it's just it's not reality. Not happening. Yeah, it's not. So you know, I don't want to be, to be honest with you. I don't think anyone in your bed yeah. would want to be away yeah. from their kids that long. So, um, you know, it comes down to more or less saying, you know, we're going to do this for four months out of the year, spread spread out, yeah, and you know, play better shows that pay more money. And some people, you know, might look at that and be like, oh, they don't want to grind it anymore. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's it. Like, no, we don't want to grind it anymore. Like, well, we I think did it's our, funny we, we just had a conversation about this recently, and when we got back together, it was like we want to do the band three to four months a year. We don't want to like do it that way, and that was like sixteen. Yeah. Like back into 16. And obviously now like things have not changed in that regard, but I think it kind of came to the realization that under oath at full time is probably four to five months a year. Like it's not, 
we not we like for us to do eight to nine months a year doesn't work. Like there's there's not like the buzz, there's not the demand for it. You know, we have to space things out. Once you become like solidified in a market like that, you can't just overdo it. I mean, if you do, you're just basically shooting yourself in the foot. Right. So literally like four months a year is probably like two tours is probably full time for us as as much as we can be. Yeah, and Tim, Tim and I had this conversation at your wedding. We were talking about King State. That's what you guys were talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, because we were talking about coffee. Because uh, Tim from Under Road owns King State Coffee, which is based here in Tampa. The enemy. <laughs> no. He, we actually, we had a really good conversation that, and I said, if he ever wants to get into e-commerce, he could call me. You want and, to boycott him? Well, no. As I get more into retail, I'm going to call him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, um, you know, it's 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 not competition. We're we're buds, but um, we had a really good talk about. You know the side businesses and how you do. Yeah. You can't just leave it like set it and forget it. There's a lot of work to be done. At this point, he had opened up the location in um, what was the that new mall? The one that didn't happen. The one that he had to close down because Lakeland. Lakeland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he opened up the Lakeland one. And he was really excited. Um, <clears throat> and then going into COVID too. You know, COVID messed up so many plans for you. I remember you had to cancel a Slipknot tour because of COVID, didn't you? Yeah. And then um, I will say this, how you guys handled COVID was probably the most innovative thing I had seen. Forget about music, just in general um, with the virtual shows. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. And, and uh, tension division, the mm-hmm. guys that did the artwork. Oh, so talented. Are like big part of that. They also um, got, no- I don't know if you saw, they got nominated for a Grammy for Voyeurist for, oh, the, pa- for awesome. the packaging. For this last record, so. and they did they did Twenty One Pilots uh, stuff that they filmed at, at Diamond View. Over yeah, here. they've done Twenty One Pilots. They did the Thirty Seconds to Mars. They've done a lot. Of, I was surprised it was their first nomination for our our wow. record. So yeah, because they've done so much good stuff. But uh, stoked for those dudes. Um, but yeah, like they came to us with this idea, and it was like you know people are doing this now. It's happening, and it was like, well, how can we do it, and how can we do it differently? And like the whole mindset was like what would it kind of feel like, like obviously observatory, not to be cliche or, you know, tongue in cheek, but like, what would it feel like to be like in it? Right. Like literally in it. And so like, you know, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was kind of terrifying playing live. Like you're playing with just, you know, live on a, you know, on a computer or whatever to people. So I'm sitting there going like, it's not like you can get away with things. Everyone hears everything because they're sitting at a desk watching you. So I'm like, if I mess up or something or somebody messes up, it's everyone hears yeah. that. But then at the same time, you're trying to put on a show right, to make it as entertaining as possible. In an empty room. In an empty room. And you have camera guys running in and out inside you and like with strobe lights and stuff and like trying not to smash a, you know, $80,000 camera or whatever. So we, speaking of being old too, that was like, I thoroughly enjoyed it because I even I think I tweeted or Instagram a picture of me with like a glass of scotch <laughs> on my couch, like enjoying Under Oath while yeah, I right? sit on my damn couch. Um, and that was two years ago now. Uh, yeah, because I remember my yeah, Christmas it was tree was up. It was twenty twenty, right? In fall or whatever or something. Yeah. So uh, uh, that, but the way you handled that to the point where I reached out to Randy, your manager, yeah, and was like, you know. And then I spoke to Tim about the studio space because we want to do something similar for GCX. We actually talked about Randy about you guys doing it for GCX. Yeah. But budget just wasn't there. And then we talked to, you know, the band Starfield. Mm-hmm. We talked to them too about yeah. doing it. And then we talked to um, <clears throat> Columbia Records about having some uh, some hip-hop artists from South Florida. But it all came down to budget. We've had loose 
Lou's talks recently about trying to do that live in a venue with, like for people like a hybrid yeah like a like i don't know if it'll ever happen because the whole the whole cool thing about it is like having people have that like intimacy not being like i'm watching a band on stage but being like in it and you know we talked about like oh can we do like a center stage kind of thing i know where you could do that <laughs> i'll tell you off off Camera. I mean, there is, there's definitely places I know we could do it too. We can make it our own thing, but we were talking about like someone else did it. That's why. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll tell you off camera. Okay. Um, off camera, guys. Sorry. <laughs> but in case you want to, I don't want to steal a thunder in case you want to take it to Tim. I don't want someone else here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you guys mitigated COVID pretty nicely back on the road now. Things are moving forward. Um, that was so stressful. I remember because we were talking a lot during that I period. Got married a month before COVID. The she same time, did get married a month before COVID. Moved in together two months before that, and then she got pregnant the month after that. Her yeah. first kid bought a house, and then it was like, okay, now you're not working for at least a year, two years, who knows? And and so like the observatory thing, like even on that level, just like was like huge for for me because it was yeah. just like I don't have like a degree to back up. I've been in a band since in a van since I was like you know, twenty or whatever, so. Yeah, uh, that was sick, and and again, like those guys, tension division just crushed it. They're just they have such a good vision on things. Yeah. Uh, so, within the confines of what you can talk about, anything on the horizon that folks? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, tour we, obviously. Uh, some new music in the works. Uh, nothing like an album at this point but some new stuff working uh tours in the works for next year um and then just like more business stuff that you can't really talk about but like um you know stuff with like we're trying to get back trying to get more back more into like incorporated with like our merch stuff and stuff like that and just doing kind of more like special things yeah um, i mean the merch portion of the observatory was like 50 percent of what made it special yeah it was cool to be able to like reissue like the, the vinyls and stuff, stuff yeah. and like all that stuff um so more stuff like that in that vein yeah we've been kind of in a, in a tight spot with that which i can't really talk about um as far as rights and stuff so we're trying to kind of like free ourselves if possible to a degree and uh just when if that happens we'll have the more control so it's kind of worth the the time and the investment yeah because you've been self-sufficient no label yeah well we, we were, on, fe- we were fearless, fearless um who put the last one but then everything at fearless just like somebody threw a deck of cards in the ground everything shuffled there so it's yeah. like a completely different almost a, not a different label but just a lot of people that we were with right aren't there or moved around or something so now we're just kind of like on, we're on our own at the, at the moment so i'm sure something will work out but it's almost beneficial at this era to be on your own because things have changed so much it's not like that tooth and nail solid state era where you needed a label it isn't it isn't like it's i think it is for i think that the benefits for us like i said earlier like because we're old and kind of like i don't want to say out of touch that sounds lame but like um having a team that can work the elements that we're not as good at right our weaknesses is you know so, but obviously having full control is also awesome too. So there's a balance. You're a huge nerd, just like me. 
Yes, I am I'm, a nerd. I'm moving away from under oath into nerd stuff. Let's go. What's the What's the best thing out there right now that you're into? TV, movie, comic, gaming, whatever. Like, what's what's tickling your fancy right now? Okay, so best show that I've seen since probably Game of Thrones. Not Did you enjoy ha- House of the Dragon? House of the Dragon was good. It started really bad and then it got good for me. Um, ended on a good note. Uh, Severance. Severance. What's that Apple mean? TV. Apple TV. Who's in that? I'm gonna. I don't know his name. Uh, the main guy is I mean, such a bad reference. Is the uh, older brother and stepbrothers? Will Ferrell's brother. What's his name? He's oh, been on oh hundred things. Uh, John... He's in Parks and Rec. Uh, Him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, Apple TV show, and uh, I don't want to give it away, but it's just. I'll give a, a rough premises. Basically, it's. I think it's present day-ish, maybe a little more in the future. And basically he goes to work at this company and they have a thing where they implant a chip in their brain. And when they go to work, they forget about their outside life for the eight hours they're there. That's creepy. And so they're just like, so they basically have like two personalities, two lives. Your work life and your home life. And you know about each other, but you can't really interact with each other. And then it's just like that kind of unraveling and just the story. It's pretty wild. Did you watch C on Apple TV with Jason Momoa? I watched the first, we watched the first three episodes, me and Sam. Um, It was good for what it, for what it was. I was shocked how they got good fight scenes out of a show about blind people. Yeah, it was, it was really good fight scenes hard for me to really buy but at the same time a cool concept it's jason that, momoa though you can suspend your disbelief for jason momoa yeah like if someone came to me and was like we're gonna do the show about everyone being blind i'd be like this is never gonna work i said that i when i read the premise i was like this is the dumbest show yeah but then i watched it and i was like this show is really good i think we're i think we're three or four in but uh and not because we we just don't have time we're like we, we were it's over now too like the third season is the end of the show and they like, oh okay like they ended it like it's so it's done but I don't even know I'm just like oh I watched like three or four episodes yeah it was cool yeah no the third season it's like show's over yeah wrap it up I love shows that do that like they know their end point and they yeah Bowser Galactica was one that like we know where show's over we're gonna end the show and move forward yeah as, as long as it's you know I mean you, you never want it to end if, as a fan but except you also for, respect the fact when it does I can feel like you know what I'm about to say except for Lost which was the worst ending to a television show ever. Me and me and my wife still fight about what the ending was, the, the what it meant, and I'm just like, because Unitarian bullshit. Yeah, and I'm just because I, I rewatched it and I did like a six week binge on it. And did you just get whole, depressed after season four because it's just so damn? That's good. when I stopped watching it live. Okay, so I went back and binged the whole thing, and I was like. This ending sucks. This is I feel just empty inside. Horrible. Yeah. Hor- especially after everything JJ promised us. Yeah. And then he left the show to go make Star Wars. Yeah. That was Star Trek. So There's, I mean, that's that's kind of how it is though with a lot of shows. I feel like it's just like you. How many other? How many shows has Star Wars ruined? That's that's think about it. They ruined Game of Thrones. They ruined it. Uh, I mean, that's a tough one because that's a hard wrap up for me. Like, how do you wrap that up? That's such an epic show. Oh, I mean, you could have had five more episodes, but George R. R. Martin said from day one it needed a minimum of ten seasons. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Well, he also, you know, takes four pages to write about a piece of bread. So, he, you know who's worse than him is uh, who's the guy that writes Wheel of Time, Paul? Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson. Well, there's also who's the original author? Let me double check. That guy, the Wheel of Time author. He will he will spend six pages showing you like the, the decor in a room. <laughs> I mean, it's Tolkien, and Tolkien does the same thing. I enjoyed the show though, Wheel of Time. 
Ernest Hemingway, Moby Dick, the whole like literary yes. chapters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, uh, yeah, there's a few. Did you? I'm, I'm assuming you didn't like the Lord of the Rings show. I did. I I, I liked it. Uh, I I had it. such high expectations. Yeah, that was my problem. And that was my problem too. The budget. The hype, because I love the movies, obviously, like the, the whole lore it's behind it. It's gorgeous. It is a gorgeous show. Some of the acting and the writing was meh. Yeah. And uh, it felt to me, it was like fan fiction. Yeah. But I'm in. Like, I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it for what it is. I was not happy with the end reveal. I was just like, this is not what I want that character to be. I said on, on this podcast a few few weeks ago when we covered the ending that I blame the Tolkien estate more than I blame Amazon for not giving them the full rights to everything. Yeah. Because if you gave them the full rights, they wouldn't have to like twist and turn to tell the story. Yeah. Which mo- mo- like probably almost everyone doesn't know that, but like, audience-wise. Yeah, they like... think they have all that. I'm like, no, they only have the rights to the appendices from the Lord of the Rings books and The Hobbit. Yeah. Which is just footnotes. Yeah. So they can't say certain names. So I blame the estate because apparently Netflix pitched them to like MCU Middle Earth Mm -hmm. and the Tolkien estate got scared and said no. That's a shame. I was like, yeah, because that would have been awesome. But Netflix has the Narnia rights. Yeah. You never read those as a kid? I read them, but then... Wheel of Time author is Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan. Okay. He will take six pages to describe what a wall in a room looks like. A passionate man. Very. He passed away, but... um, Yeah, so... Yeah, there's, there's... The books are great, by the way, Narnia. I just hate the movies. But the movies are kids' movies, so whatever. The Narnia ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, those movies. So, my guess is, and I hope this is, that they will do a seven-season show, and each book will be a season. That'd be cool. I mean, I'll, I'll obviously watch it, right. but I'll watch anything at this point, because that's my free time. The movies were campy. They were Disney. And, you know, it was some of the casting was good. Some of it was meh. But the books, especially, that's the thing, is like people always concentrate because the first one's like the Christian allegory. I was like, do you get to the end? Because it gets dark yeah, by yeah. the end. Um, it's it's uh, trying to get my daughter to read that. Are you excited for new Marvel, everything they announced in August, I think? I'm kind of, I, I'm excited because it's just content to watch. But I'm kind of, I'm not like, like I guess this is where like the nerd in me kind of steps out. Where I'm not like I'm not aware of everything that's ha- happening. Right. There's so many side stories and things that I'm trying to like keep up with the TV shows and stuff. It's just like, and some of it's good and some of it to me is not good. I it's, just finished Moon Knight, so I'm behind. Didn't enjoy Moon Knight. I liked it. I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy Miss Marvel. I, I ironically liked She Hulk, which not because I think it was good Marvel. I think it was just written. I like I like well. the girl, the main girl. I think she acted well in it, but I think that it was uh you know. Like I said, there's just so much to keep up with now. It's becoming like a job. And I'm like, now to like watch a movie and fully understand, I have to see like five other things. Well, can imagine when Miles gets older and he starts getting into Marvel like superheroes and be like, hey, I have I have 60 movies for you to watch and 14 yeah, TV shows. Yeah, right? We're going to sit down for four weeks here. and get- Well, that's why my oldest doesn't want to watch through all of it because she's seen some of them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you got to get, get to Infinity War. That's where it gets really good. And she's like, meh. Yeah. Do I want to watch all of these? So, um, I'm trying to force my oldest to watch the Harry Potters, and that's a chore right now. I just watched Danielle. I just watched through all of them finally last year. We're going to Universal. Wait, when are you going? In December. When? I don't know. I think the 17th. No. Shut up. Maybe. 
Are you going? Yes. Okay. I'm there the whole weekend. Okay. Well, for there, we'll definitely. Well, we're getting up. a drink. That's right. Get some butter beer. But I'm. Oh, dude, no, it's like freaking diabetic coma in a cup. But it's so worth it. You have no, to it's get not. It. It's you so have to gross. get it. And you go to the inside pot and you get a little thing of vodka and you throw it in there. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Uh, you will. <laughs> I got to learn the universal tricks. This is my first time staying on property. Oh, nice. We're staying. We'll at... be there too. Are you staying there too? Mm hmm. I won't say where we're staying, but let's yeah, yeah. talk off yeah. camera. But we're trying to get basically like, I'm like, there's a whole Harry Potter world. Like you need to like, you know, see it. She's like seven. So she's like kind of in that phase where she kind of gets it, but not really. I'm yeah. like, so the, the hurricane came the other, like, you know, whatever, like a month ago. And like, I literally sat her down. I was like, we're watching Harry Potter. And so she watched the whole movie and then we watched the second movie and she sat through almost all of it. And then she's like, I don't like them. I was like, you just watched like four or five hours of it without like like glued to the tv she's like yeah eh, it's not for me my my years ago when i was streaming and i hadn't watched them yet i was getting chastised for not watching them um and a comment happened that really ruined harry potter for me for a while and someone said it's better than lord of the rings and i know how much you like that and now i have potterheads going whoever said that to you lied yeah <laughs> that's not true yeah most people say they're completely different. They can't even be compared. And now that I've seen them all, I'm like, yeah, why didn't someone just say they're completely different and can't be compared? Because they can't. It, it's just not the same. No, they're not. It's a non-equivalency. So I enjoyed them, uh, uh, especially the last movie. I thought Deathly Hallows 2 was just awesome. Yeah. Um, are you excited for the game? Because I'm kind of really it, I've, the, I've, the stuff I've seen looks awesome. Definitely stoked for what, it. What, um, what, what house are you going to join, though? Slytherin? <laughs> you would. I think I'm gonna go Ravenclaw and be really like. Oh, you're like you're so hard. One of those. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not mainstream. <laughs> I'm ahead of the curve, guys. Well, if you go Gryffindor, it's like, oh, look at you, you goody two shoes. Yeah. If you go Slytherin, they're like, whoa, we got a badass yeah, in here. Yeah. Hufflepuff, everyone's just gonna laugh at you. <laughs> so what's left? I think uh, I think the game will be sweet. I hopefully, you know, you always have high hopes. Like I said, I've been burned on a lot of games lately, so I'm kind of just like, yeah, we were talking about that before. Um, I know but, you're looking forward to God of War. Well, I got yeah. When it comes to when, Xbox, when you get it, because you... I'm an Xbox guy solo now. I used to have literally two Xboxes and two Playstations in my house in each room, so I could. There's no reason besides PlayStation exclusives to own a PlayStation anymore. None, zero, zilch, nada. Yeah, I mean. I've always been Xbox just for the multiplayer party, like my friends kind of Everyone thing. Everyone has so. Xbox. Yeah. And it's just a better, I mean, I won't but all their features console, suck. Like all their, all their new features to me, like from every system, I'm like, like, so does PlayStation. even like, what's the new one? Like the whole XS thing, like the, the resume play or whatever it is, like the quick resume it doesn't work. Fails every time. time. I have to restart the game every time. Like this is, I would rather just start the game up, please. Just take this off. It's just silly. It's just silly. Well, um, thanks for coming out, dude. Yeah. Appreciate thanks it. For it's me. always good to, to catch up with you. We'll have to do off camera. Danielle's like, tell Grant that I texted Sam a few months back, but she was probably knee deep in baby stuff, but I don't want to bother her again. I was like, I will tell him. No. Just so, you know, then you tell Sam and then they are like, I'm sorry. Get, I'm get the fans together. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I'm off Christmas week. We have a week off? No, we have a week and a day, right? 20, 23rd all the way through. Oh, you're trying to hang out on Christmas holiday. <laughs> well, after Christmas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe, if you want. If not, January. Oh. Get the kids get well, we might be hanging out at Universal, apparently, too. So yes. I need somebody to go on that Jurassic Park. Please, because no one from my family is going to go on it with me. No. 
No. All right. This is good. This is working out. Yes. I have a roller coaster buddy for the weekend. Yeah, for real. Says my my son is just not roller coaster friendly, and the little one doesn't like loud noises. So. Yeah, I I tried to take my daughter on Space Mountain last year, and it ended up with just his hysteria. I before we go, funny story with kids in Space Mountain. My oldest, when she was younger, we took her on Space Mountain, and she was screaming bloody murder, and I was behind her. Oh yeah, because it's single. Right, and which Danielle's I forgot. In front of her, there. and the picture is Danielle turned around trying to comfort her. You're me, grabbing her shoulders, like, the same there. me. I killed my shoulders because I was like this the entire time trying to hold on to her. And uh, so the picture is me going like this, Danielle turning around trying to console her, and she's just like, Aah! "Yeah, I, I, I did the mistake where like right halfway through the ride, it was like the stop, you know, like the the even out, and it goes, and I was like, "All right, it's over, babe. We made it." And then immediately she's like, I don't trust you or anything. And I, I literally had to carry her from off the ride. She was crying so bad all the way up this whole, yep. through the gift shop, all the way outside to, to mom. Because it was like, yeah, yep, whatever. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Anything you want to promote or say before we get out of here? Um, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. King, King's Coast, King State, whatever. You know? Coffee. Coffee is good. <laughs> What's the band's website these days? I don't even remember. We're still 777. Underworld777.com? Yeah. There you go. Underworld777.com. Stay up to date on everything. Grant, as always, pleasure. And uh, Thanks yeah. for having me. Oh, dude. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. We're, I'm going to have you back for games next time. Let's do it. We'll play like Let's turtles or something. Something you need to kick your ass in the NHL. It's been like four years you've been talking. <laughs> I'm so bad at the new version of it, too. All right. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week for Old Fashioned.